Blog Talk Radio. Who will 
Make this your resting place, Lord. Give me your heart tonight. Lord, we surrender our hearts to you. We surrender our hearts, Lord. Everything that we are, we surrender now, Lord, to you, Jesus. We surrender, Lord. father very gently cradled his son in his arms. The little boy loved the way his father held him because he held him a lot. Sometimes the father would sing to him while he held him. In fact, more often than not, the father would sing the little boy right to sleep. But sometimes the boy would sing back to his father in his own simple way. And if you listened very closely, could hear them sing. You see, they loved one another very much, and they loved to sing their love to one another. The father, being a good father, loved his son more than any father had ever loved a child, more than the boy loved him. And the father's song was always sweet and tender, never forceful or harsh. I'll have no other, for I love you only. I'll never forsake you or leave you alone. I Here in your arms I'll always be 
at rest in the precious love you have for me. Every day the father would call to his son, Son, come walk with me in the cool of the evening. And the boy would run gladly from wherever he was, for he loved these walks because they were so peaceful, so refreshing, and because he knew that when they had walked far enough, his daddy would hold his little boy to himself and carry him home, singing all the while. I'll have no other, for I love you only. I'll never forsake you or leave you alone. And even though the boy always fell asleep in his daddy's arms, his heart still kept singing. Here in your arms I'll always be at rest in the precious love you have for me. The father loved to give good gifts to his son. He wanted nothing but the best for him. Not only did he provide for the boy's every need, he also clothed him in the finest of clothes, a robe of white for every day, and a coat of many beautiful colors to fit over his robe for their evening walks together. You see, the father wanted everyone to know that this was his son, whom he loved very dearly. And every day was like this, joy and peace, for the father lived to lavish his love on his son. And the son was consumed in his love for his father. Till one day, the boy met a stranger, a very beautiful stranger, a man more handsome than any he had ever known, except for his father, of course. And the stranger spoke in lovely tones, much like his father. Why, he even sounded much like his father with a sing-song lilt to his voice and all. And he told the boy of others who wanted to walk with him just like his daddy. All he would have to do was love these new friends and sing their songs. The boy thought for a moment. This sounded good to him, because if one love was so good, then more loves could only be better. And after all, it was about time he started making some of his own decisions. So he decided that he would choose to walk with others. And he walked away. And as he did, he heard his father calling in the cool of the evening. Son, come walk with me. Son, I'm here. And he sang for his son. I'll have no other, for I love you only. I'll never forsake you or leave you alone. And he waited, but the boy hid, for he had sung his love to another. And even as he sang the sweet song of his new friend, he realized he had been deceived. He realized he had given his heart to another. 
something he somehow knew his daddy would never do. How could he ever face his father again? He felt so dirty and unworthy of his father's love. And the song that had once brought so much joy to his heart now made him want to run away. And still his daddy sang for him. Come here, my precious. I know you are hurting. And though you have left me, I welcome you home. And the father picked up the little boy. And he calmed his fears and dried his eyes and washed him clean as he held him close to his heart closer than he had ever held him before. And he sang to his son, I'll have no other for I love you only. I'll never forsake you or leave you alone. And even though the son felt his father's love, It wasn't the same as before, and it would never be the same again. And even though the father loved him, the son somehow couldn't hear him as clearly as before. For you see, when he gave his love to another, his ears were closed to any but the one he gave his love to. So even though the father loved him more dearly than he did before, the son just couldn't quite hear it or believe it. And still the father sang to him. day the father called to his boy but day after day the boy walked further and further away and even began giving his love to others again because he still had an empty place in his heart where once he had loved his father an empty place that longed to be filled but since he found it harder and harder to hear his father's voice he began listening to the voice of the stranger again and would even sing his love back to any stranger who would listen to him. For you see, he was still a little boy in need. And little boys need their daddy. And if they don't come when their daddy calls, they become hopelessly lost. And he became hopelessly lost. Desperately lost. Afraid and ashamed hurt and dirty, sick and dying, alone in the dark. And every one of those other voices he gave his love to, every one of them one by one stopped singing back to him. In fact, their love songs had turned to screams of hate and lies, and their tender hugs were no longer gentle like his daddy's had been. They hurt now. In fact, Their arms felt more like ropes of iron and chains of steel than arms of love. 
And one day he realized that he was trapped with no way out. And he realized that there was only one who had ever really loved him. And that was his daddy. If only his daddy could hear him now. If only he were here. And he cried. Daddy so dear, I'm all alone. I am afraid and I want to come home. And he waited. How could his father ever love him after what he had done? And then his ears heard an old familiar tune and an old familiar voice. And his heart felt an old familiar warmth as his daddy picked him up and held the boy in his arms in an old familiar embrace. And his daddy sang, I love you. take off the chains and ropes one by one, humming his love to the boy all the while. He unraveled all the fears the boy had ever known. He untied the knots of despair and hopelessness, every one of them. He even cut away the hurt and the pain the boy had inflicted on others along with every harsh word, vile thought, or bitter deed he had ever done. And he broke off the hardness of his heart that had been built up by the boy's own doubt and pride. And he dried away every tear and took away the boy's own deep pain and rejection as he washed away the dirt and filth his son had been clothed with for many years now. And then the father did an even stranger thing. He placed all of these things upon himself. Even the punishment the boy deserved as the consequence of his own failures. The boy was overcome with peace and joy. But this soon turned to grief when he realized what he had done to his daddy. For you see, the weight of all those things which had so burdened the boy had broken the heart of his father. For the father loved his son. Loved him so much that he was willing to die for his child. And while the weight of sin choked the life out of him, the father still managed to sing the song with his dying breath. I'll have no other For I love you only I'll never forsake you or leave you alone. 
and the boy just sat there empty and alone, stunned by such a precious love, and he waited, for he knew that all those other voices were gone now. All he could hear was his daddy's song, the memory of that final refrain playing over and over again and again in his ears. And after a while he slept, the soundest sleep he had known since the last time he had walked in the cool of the evening with his father. And as he slept, something wonderful began to take place. He began to hear the song his daddy used to sing to him. After a while, he even thought he could see his daddy's face. And he was almost sure he could feel his father gently place the special robe of white upon him. And over this, the coat of all those wonderful colors, which had been a sign of his daddy's deep love for him. And then he felt a warmth so great, it could only be the arms of his precious father holding him close. And then the boy realized the truth. His daddy was here and alive, and this was no dream, even though he was at complete rest. His daddy loved him, no matter what. Of this he was sure now, more than ever. The little boy held his daddy close, because he knew now there was nothing that could ever separate him from his father's love, ever again. So they held each other, and they sang this song. I'll have no other, for I love you only. I'll never forsake you or leave you Your grace, 
and never by your gaze. I can't resist the tenderness of you.
This is Prayer International Radio, and we're just loving Jesus tonight. You know, singing to his heart, calling out to him, talking to him like he's in the room. And not like he's just some fairy tale, some history lesson. Talk to him like he's real, like a man talks to another man face to face. You know, God wants an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. Everyone that's listening tonight, everyone that you can think of in your mind right now, God wants an intimate relationship with every one of those people. Will they all have that? No. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. You see, the Holy Spirit is calling, and Jesus is constantly knocking on the door, knocking on the door of your heart. So many times we can get so busy. Have you ever been so busy in your home that you didn't hear someone knocking at the door? Or maybe you were in some activity and you couldn't get to the door or whatever the case was. You know, when Jesus is knocking at your heart's door, when God is calling, there's a season There's a moment in time. You know, it's like when a surfer is out walking the shoreline, waiting, watching, watching the water rise and the tide come in and go out. And he's trying to feel that that time, feel that break when he can catch a break and catch a wave. And then that moment's over. So the Holy Spirit is moving to and fro throughout the earth. He's looking for those that want to do God's bidding. God is looking who will go for us. Who shall I send? He's looking for those whose hearts are truly his. Those whose hearts want to serve him and him alone. That will not have another God in their life, but the one true God, his name is Jehovah. And his son is Jesus, the Savior, the King of Kings. And the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Jesus, is moving to and fro throughout the earth, searching, brooding over men and women, knocking, pulling, tugging. In some instances, 
God is rejoicing, and in others he's grieving. Why? Because he knows what's in the hearts of men. Jesus knew what was in a man's heart. He knew he could discern certain people Jesus would draw himself to and others, if you read the word, it says he would draw himself away from them. He would depart to a quiet place and rest. He'd pull aside from the crowd. Sometimes he wouldn't even go talk to people because he knew what was in their hearts. When he went in to raise a child from the dead, what happened? He put everybody out of the room except those that had faith, those that were one with him, those that were in agreement with his will, and those that were opposed to it, he put out. Just like when he went into the temple. Just like when he went into the synagogue. And he began to turn tables over. And begin to drive men out and drive out the money changers and drive out the, the animals and basically started to clean house. And he began to declare, my house shall be a house of prayer. You have made it in to a den of thieves. Time we all start cleaning out. Spiritually, mentally, relationally, naturally, if your house needs cleaning, I know we all could go through our garages and go through our Addicts and go through our closets. Begin to clear out the clutter and those things that are unnecessary, useless, fruitless, of no value, of no necessity, or definitely those things that do not give you pleasure. Why? Because when you begin to walk in a kingdom life and listen, God is dealing with me in different areas, dealing with our family, dealing with many of you concerning taking inventory of what's in your mind and in your mental process and your belief system and the philosophies you hold and those you agree with and those you disagree with and those you've taken oaths and pledges with. He wants you to take inventory of what's going on in your mind. Inventory of what's going on in your spirit. Is your heart divided? Are there things in your life that are holding you back from God's best? And we all have to do this. I have to do this constantly. Begin to take inventory. And God is always pointing things out in my heart, in my life that I need to adjust and change so that I, I can have his best, what he desires, which oftentimes is not what I think is the best or what I desire. And that's when God begins to conform us, form us into his image, begin to transform us into his likeness, begin to change us to where we are Christ-minded or like-minded, like he is. 
And he says, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. There comes a time when we need to begin to align ourselves and take inventory. And those things that are misaligned in our life, those things that misdirect us, those things that misguide us, those things that deceive us, definitely those things that keep us from doing what God has, get them out. Push them aside. Put them on the back burner. Sometimes God removes us or separates us from things temporarily because maybe our focus is not where it needs to be at the time. Not everything that God works in or out of our lives is a permanent thing. Now the fruit and the transformation that God works in someone's life should have some permanence and should have some eternal value to it. Things come and go and change. That's why we have seasons and transition from one season to the next. But they all work in a cycle. How can you have a seed unless it comes from a fruit or a plant or a flower? But typically, unless you extract the seed from the fruit or the plant or the flower, at that point, it's usually not even living. And then it has to be nurtured and grown and then produced or harvested. And then once it's consumed again, then we're back to the seed once again. And there's a cycle and a pattern and things change, but one change, one transition is necessary to go into the next. One season's ending is necessary to begin the next season. Why? God says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. And so unless you let one season pass away, unless you let go of the old or what's fruitless or what's no good or of no use or of no value in your life anymore, and begin to grab a hold of those things that have value, And those things that are important or instrumental in getting you to the next season or into the next place in God. How can you reach into the things of God in your new season if you're still holding on and grasping and clenching onto the things that God's saying let go of so that you can embrace what I have for you now? Many of us need to begin to let go of some things so that we can embrace God has for us in the now. So I was going to read Micah chapter 6. And I'll read it. 
I don't know that we're really going there tonight. Just because I love the word, I honor God's word, I'm going to go ahead and read it. Begin to allow yourself to conform to the world. We've had enough of the world. The produce or the what's reaped from the world is fruitless. Very little value. There's no eternal weight. It does not hold water in the scheme of things, in light of things. But what does hold value, what does hold weight, God says the grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord stands forever. God's word, God's will, God's purposes in your life that is what's going to stand. So it's important to find out, to seek out, to search. Do you ever notice that what you put more, what we'll call blood equity or sweat equity or energy or time or emotion or whatever you want to call it, into, whatever you put more or most of yourself into usually has more value to you. When you invest more, not necessarily money, when you put more of yourself into something, it should have a lot more value. And we're talking about the God who created the earth, invested himself, invested his son, invested his Holy Spirit into you and into me, and invested everything that he had that was worthwhile, that meant anything to him, into us. Why? Because the greatest sacrifice has the greatest value, not a wisdom key. The greatest sacrifice has the greatest value. Jesus said, the servant will be the greatest. The least will be the greatest. The servant will be the most. Lose your life and you'll find it. He who is the greatest is that. He who Lays down his life for us. What about one that lays down his life for an enemy? One that will love those that hate him. Bless those that curse him. Pray for those that despitefully use you. And he says, follow me. Follow my example. Do likewise. Be like-minded. I don't know how many ways he needs to say it, but. More or less, like, do what I do. Do what I say. And exemplify me. Be an example of me, says Jesus. 
not, not Christ, but Jesus, be an example of Jesus. And God will show you, God will show me, God will show all of us how to do that as we follow him. You know, Jesus said to the disciples, he said, throw down your nets and follow me and I will make you fishers of men, right? Now, these guys were fishers of fish. And everything that was familiar to them, everything they put value in, they valued their nets. Why? Because it was their instrument, it was their tool, it was their way to catch the fish. And if they didn't have a net, they didn't have a fish or a multitude of fish. So when they're thinking, no net, no fish, no fish, no food, no fish, no money. And these are men that have to feed their families. And here comes Jesus. Oh, throw down your your net. And I'm going to make you a fisher of men now. We're going to go catch souls. We're going to go fish for souls. And in their minds, they're thinking, okay. What he was saying was, if you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to follow God, if you're going to follow his ways, you're going to have to leave everything that's familiar to you. Everything that's familiar to you and everything that you know and everything that the the thing that provided for you or the thing that you put your into or the thing you invested your life into. Sometimes God says, you know what? Leave that. Follow me. And he says, you know, God says, Jesus has made the biggest sacrifice here. If you want to compare notes, Sometimes we think we've sacrificed so much to get what we have or get who we have or be at this station in life and achieve this thing or this job or this status. God says, you know what? You think that's got value. think that's got worth. You think that measures and and equals success. No, that's not it. That's what we here on earth is. That's what we as people, as humans, think. We're missing it. God says, look, it's what has the biggest sacrifice, has the biggest value in his son and him alone, gave the biggest sacrifice, therefore has the biggest value. Therefore that value proceeds and overrides or stamps out any other 
thing or person or deal or thought or word that you think is valuable? And immediately Jesus, and not that it was like he moved in line, he was already first in line, but your thinking finally comes in line, really is what the deal is. So when I say Jesus is first in line, I mean in your mind. When your thinking becomes in line with his thinking, and your thoughts become aligned, with his thoughts. And all of a sudden you find yourself saying and doing and thinking and being and acting and being around people and places and things and stuff that you never in a million years would have imagined yourself doing. Until the day caught a glimpse of his glory. Until the day that he finally captured your heart. Until the day that he finally turned your focus off of yourself and onto him and something changed on the inside because that's how we're changed when we behold him. When we set our focus on him. When we begin to set our eyes and set our hearts and set our desires on the one who has the ability to not only the value and the most valuable but to also place in you value and place in you a mindset so that you can recognize the worth that God sees in you because first you recognize the worth was in Jesus. You saw how valuable he was. You saw how valuable he was to add to your life and to reposition and refocus your life so that value could be restored into your life. And you have to give your heart Give yourself to him. It's a sacrifice you lay down your life. For who? The friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's what God's calling us to. That's what he requires. It's more than a song. It's more than money in a bucket or in a, on an offering plate or in an envelope. It's more than just a church service. It's more than doing good for people. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth looking for good people? No. Big givers? No. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth looking for souls, people, persons, 
men and women, teenagers, children, whose hearts, whose minds, whose everything on the inside with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Why? Because Jesus said the first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And if you do these two things, you'll fulfill all the ten. So if you love your neighbor, you're you're not going to kill him or steal from him or commit adultery against him or with him or her. You just won't. If you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you won't go there either. What am I saying? Looking for hearts that are fully His, truly His, yielded to Him, submitted to Him, committed to Him. So let's pray. Look, if you don't know Jesus, you need to give your heart to him. Just ask him in. Repent of your sin. Just ask him. Confess your sins and he's faithful and just to forgive you. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Get me back on track with you. Start my life with you. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for taking me back into fellowship with you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your love, O God. Give me a passion for you and a hunger and a desire for your word. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for drawing me closer to you. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my mind. I give you my body. I give you my spirit. I am yours. You are mine. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer or something like it, you just want to give your heart to the Lord. Maybe you got a little intimidated. Call us, 619-638-8458. Email us at prayerinternational at com. That's prayerinternational at gmail.com. Look at our website, www.prayerinternational.org. Just in there.